0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the God Chaser Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Evans, and today we embark on a journey of deep spiritual reflection. We delve into the nature of sin, the liberating power of God's forgiveness, and the rewarding pursuit of a life deeply rooted in Him. Drawing from the inspirational life of King David, we'll see how even in moments of profound failure, there's always a path back to God's grace. So whether you're wrestling with a secret sin, struggling with guilt, or simply seeking to deepen your relationship with God, this episode offers solace, hope, and guidance. Remember, we serve a loving God who is ready to forgive and restore. So let's chase after Him, together. Welcome to God Chaser. This episode of the God Chaser podcast is proudly sponsored by God Chaser Apparel, the clothing line designed to empower and inspire your spiritual journey.
1: Are you a God Chaser at heart? Do you want to share your passion for pursuing God with the world? God Chaser Apparel has got you covered, literally. With a wide range of stylish, high quality clothing and accessories, you can wear your faith proudly and spark conversations about your pursuit of God's presence. From bold statement tees to cozy hoodies, sleek hats, and much more, God Chaser Apparel has something for everyone. Plus, Every purchase supports our mission to inspire and encourage fellow believers on their journey toward a deeper relationship with Christ. Visit godchaser.faith today to explore our collection and find the perfect piece to express your passion for God. God Chaser Apparel, where faith meets fashion and the pursuit of God's presence becomes a lifestyle. Don't miss out. Head to godchaser.faith now and start wearing your faith boldly. Welcome to the God Chaser Podcast, the ultimate destination for those yearning to cultivate a passionate, intimate relationship with God. Join your host, Evan Evans, as he explores the depths of Scripture, shares inspiring testimonies, and provides practical guidance to help you become a true God chaser. Discover the transformative power of pursuing God's presence and be inspired to reignite your spiritual journey. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts. And get ready to embark on an adventure that will change your life forever. Welcome to the God Chaser Podcast.
0: Let the chase begin. Welcome, dear friends, to another soul searching episode of the God Chaser Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Evans, and today we delve deep into an issue that subtly colors every human experience our encounter with sin, the transformative power of forgiveness, and the relentless pursuit of God. This conversation isn't just theoretical. It's a real, tangible part of our everyday lives. We all have had those moments when we've wandered off the path, when we've allowed the louder voices of the world to drown out the gentle whispers of our faith. But remember, these aren't failings. They're part of our human journey. Perhaps you're carrying a secret sin, something you've kept locked away, believing that it's too big, too shameful to bring to the light. Maybe guilt has become your unwelcome companion, a dark shadow following you around. Let me assure you, dear listener, you're not alone. Each one of us, in our own way, has grappled with the weight of sin. Yet I invite you today to acknowledge this burden, because it's often in the recognition of our struggles that the first rays of healing begin to break through. Alternatively, you might be searching for a beacon, a guiding light as you navigate your personal journey from sin to the glorious freedom that comes with divine forgiveness and grace. It could be that you're desperately seeking a lifeline, something to hold on to as you strive to move from the shadows of past mistakes into the radiance of a new dawn. This conversation is your lifeline. We're all seekers in our own way, seekers of truth, seekers of forgiveness, seekers of a love so vast and profound that it can encompass even our deepest sins and offer redemption. It's this pursuit of God, this relentless chase after divine grace, that lies at the heart of our conversation today. So whether you're listening from a place of secret sin, guilt, or a quest for guidance, know that this discussion is especially for you. Today we dive into the depths of these human experiences, holding up the light of faith, scripture, and God's unwavering love as we navigate these often murky waters. We're on this journey together, friends, and I'm glad you're here with me. So let's dive in. Before we delve any further, there's one truth I want you to grasp wholeheartedly. God Loves You. This isn't a mere platitude. It's a profound, transformative reality that serves as the cornerstone of our faith. We've all faltered. We've all missed the mark. We've all sinned. And in those moments, it's easy to feel overwhelmed by guilt, to feel as if we've fallen so far that we're no longer worthy of God's love. But here's the beautiful truth. As long as we have breath, as long as our hearts continue to beat, there is room for redemption. It's never too late to seek God's forgiveness. And this isn't just a passive act. It's a divine invitation to experience the depth of His love anew. Remember when you first felt the love of God? Perhaps it was a moment of overwhelming peace, a sense of belonging that you'd never known before, a joy that flooded your soul and brought tears to your eyes. Recall the sense of victory when you understood that you were loved, not because of what you'd done or who you were, but simply because you are His. God's grace, as articulated in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, reminds us, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Maybe today you're feeling down, weary from life's burdens. Perhaps guilt and unworthiness are heavy upon you, making each step in your walk of faith feel like a steep uphill climb. But remember this. These feelings of despair and unworthiness, they're not from God. They're tools that the enemy uses to make us forget God's love and lure us into the wilderness of self-condemnation and destruction. Take a moment to remember the story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. She was an outcast, weighed down by her sins. Yet Jesus didn't reject her. Instead, he offered her living water, a well that does not run dry. And then he said, Go, and from now on, sin no more. Notice how this encounter encapsulates the heart of God's message to us sinners. It was a twofold declaration of love. Firstly, a compassionate call to leave behind the bondage of sin. And secondly, an invitation to experience a fulfilling life rooted in His divine love. Time and again, we see this in the ministry of Jesus. From the adulterous woman in John chapter 8, whom He saved from being stoned, to Zacchaeus, the tax collector in Luke chapter 19, whose life was radically transformed by a single encounter with Jesus. In each case, Jesus' message was clear. Your sins are forgiven. Now go and sin no more. We're told in 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So even if you've strayed, if you've faltered in your journey, Remember that through the Holy Spirit, God has given you the gift of repentance. In those moments when you feel unworthy, remember the cross. It's a testament to the boundless love that God has for us, a love so vast that He offered His only Son as an atonement for our sins, ensuring that we can always seek and find forgiveness in Him. Yes, you've sinned. Yes, you've made mistakes. But also, yes, you are loved. Yes, you are worthy of forgiveness. Yes, you are cherished by a God who sees all your imperfections and chooses to love you anyway. So whenever you're tempted to believe otherwise, remember His love, return to the well of His grace, and drink deeply of His forgiveness. This is the victory we have in Christ, the promise that sustains us through our earthly journey. Indeed, one of the most profound examples of sin and redemption in the Bible is the life of King David. David described as a man after God's own heart in Acts chapter 13 verse 22 was not without fault. He made grave mistakes. He sinned and did so in ways that had significant consequences. One of his most notable sins was his affair with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. This incident recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 11 is a stark example of David succumbing to his desires. He saw Bathsheba bathing, desired her, and then slept with her, even though she was another man's wife. When Bathsheba became pregnant, David even went to the extent of having her husband Uriah placed in the front line of battle where he was killed, effectively committing indirect murder to cover up his sin. Yet, what sets David apart is not his sin, but his response to it. He didn't remain in his sin. He repented and sought after God's heart. When the prophet Nathan confronted him, David could have been defensive or dismissive, but instead, He acknowledged his sin and cried out to God in repentance, as recorded in Psalm 51, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David's sin awareness came not from his initial understanding of his wrongdoing, but from the consequences that followed and the rebuke of the prophet Nathan. But it's worth noting that in those days, the Holy Spirit did not indwell believers as He does today. Now we are blessed with the indwelling Spirit who convicts us of our sin, often before we face earthly consequences. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, Paul reminds us, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. When we sin, the Holy Spirit within us is grieved, and we often feel that grief as a heaviness or sorrow, a pressing conviction that we've done wrong, This is a divine gift, a check and balance that nudges us back onto the path of righteousness. David's story serves as a reminder that even the gravest of sins can be forgiven by God. His life provides an example of honest repentance, showing us that no matter how far we've strayed, we can always return to God and seek His forgiveness. Even in his sinfulness, David sought after God and was restored. As we read in Psalm 32, verse 5, I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. David's life shows us that we are never too far gone for God's love and forgiveness. No matter what you've done, there's always a way back to God. Let the Spirit lead you in repentance and receive God's gracious forgiveness, just as David did. So, in your moments of struggle, in your times of sin, remember David. Remember his repentance, remember God's forgiveness, remember that like David, you too are deeply loved by God, and there is nothing that his forgiveness cannot reach. The story of David offers a clear message. God's mercy is not a license to sin, but a lifeline of grace and forgiveness extended to us when we stumble and fall. And stumble we will, for we are human. Our humanity, while beautiful and complex, also encompasses our propensity to sin we are drawn to earthly pleasures. They have a magnetic pull, sometimes so potent that we find ourselves giving in, even when we know we shouldn't. This isn't a new struggle. It's an age-old battle that even the Apostle Paul eloquently articulated in Romans chapter seven, verse 15. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. It's the spirit versus the flesh, a conflict that rages within every believer. There's a part of us, our spirit nature, that desires to pursue God, to live according to His precepts, to fulfill His will for our lives. Then there's another part, our flesh nature, that's inclined towards self-satisfaction, worldly attractions, and sinful tendencies. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul describes this internal struggle. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. What does this mean for us as followers of Christ? First, it means that we're not alone in our struggle. Even Paul, a stalwart of faith, faced the same battle. Secondly, it gives us an understanding of why we sin. It's not a matter of being bad or unworthy. It's a matter of being human, with conflicting natures at play within us. But here's the good news. While our flesh may be weak, the Spirit within us is strong. And the more we surrender to the Spirit, the more we empower Him to lead us, and the more our fleshly desires start to wane. As we read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6, Paul provides further clarity. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. When we fix our minds on God, allowing the Spirit to guide us, we can overcome the temptations that so often lead us astray. And when we do fall, we have an advocate in Christ Jesus who intercedes on our behalf. As stated in 1 John 2, verse 1, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Therefore, do not lose heart when you stumble. Instead, embrace God's forgiveness, pick yourself up, and continue in your pursuit of God. Remember, it's not about never falling. It's about always getting back up, repenting, and letting God's grace lead you forward. You're not alone in this journey. We're all walking this path, wrestling with our human tendencies, while being guided by the divine spirit within us. This brings us beautifully to the concept of blamelessness. When the Bible talks about being blameless, it does not imply sinless perfection. None of us are without sin or never commit a sin. We're human, remember, and with that comes our susceptibility to fall. However, being blameless in a biblical sense points to a heart condition. It speaks to a heart fully committed to God, a heart that in its love and reverence for God, seeks to do His will, even when we stumble. It's this posture of heart that God values. Take Job, for example. Despite his intense suffering, God called him blameless because Job's heart was completely aligned with God. Now, circling back to the crux of our discussion today, the power of forgiveness and the pursuit of God, what does this look like in a practical sense? We find a potent example in the life of David. When he was confronted by the prophet Nathan about his grave sin with Bathsheba, David didn't turn away. He didn't try to justify his actions or make excuses. Instead, he turned toward God confessed his sin, and sought his forgiveness. This profound moment is encapsulated in Psalm 32, verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Here, we see the liberating power of confession and the immense grace of God's forgiveness. When we bring our sins into the light through confession— we break the chains of guilt and shame that hold us captive. The darkness loses its power, and we find ourselves in the realm of God's love and mercy. As 1 John 1 verse 9 assures us, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God's promise to us is clear. When we come to Him in genuine repentance, confessing our wrongs, He is faithful to forgive and cleanse us. In addition to confessing our sins to God, the Bible also encourages us to confess our sins to one another. In James chapter 5, verse 16, we read, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This isn't about public humiliation, but about creating a community of transparency, support, and accountability. It's about fostering a space of mutual trust and healing where we help each other grow closer to God. As we walk this journey of faith, let us remember the power of confession and forgiveness. Let us remember that even when we stumble, God's love and grace are always ready to lift us up. We have a choice every day to either remain ensnared in sin or to step into the liberating light of God's forgiveness. My prayer is that we continually choose the latter, that we learn from David's example and relentlessly pursue God even when we fall because it's in this pursuit that we discover our true purpose and find the deepest joy and peace. How do we root ourselves in God so deeply that the temptations of the world lose their appeal? Well, the answer lies in cultivating a daily, intimate relationship with God. It's about creating habits that bring you closer to Him, establishing spiritual disciplines that draw you into His presence and align your heart with His. First, immerse yourself in His Word. The Bible isn't just a book, it's the living, breathing Word of God. It's our guide, our source of truth, our light in dark times. As Psalm 119 verse 105 declares, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Regular thoughtful reading and studying of the Scriptures help us understand God's heart, His will, and His plan for our lives. Second, maintain an active prayer life. Prayer isn't just about presenting our requests to God. It's about opening our hearts to Him, inviting Him into our joys and struggles, praising Him, and seeking His guidance. It's in these moments of prayer that we cultivate intimacy with God and strengthen our relationship with Him. As we read in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6-7, to Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Third, engage in fellowship with other believers. Surrounding ourselves with a community of fellow Christ followers can provide encouragement, support, and accountability. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 to 25 advises us to consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Lastly, engage in acts of service. Serving others, especially those in need, helps us see beyond our selfish desires and focuses our attention on God's love for all humanity. It cultivates a heart of compassion and humility, qualities that draw us closer to the heart of God, who did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Matthew 20, verse 28. Remember, the goal is not perfection, but faithfulness. It's not about never stumbling, but about always turning back to God when we do. The more time we spend with God, the more we understand His heart, and the more our desires align with His. And when that happens, the temptations of the world lose their hold, and we find our fulfillment and joy in God. This doesn't mean that we won't ever be tempted, or that we won't sometimes stumble. But it does mean that we have a lifeline, a secure anchor in God, who is always ready to forgive, to cleanse, and to help us start anew. As we pursue Him daily, our roots grow deeper in His love, and we find the strength to resist the allure of sin and to live a life pleasing to Him. Remember, His grace is sufficient for us, and His power is made perfect in our weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 Keep pursuing God, keep seeking Him, and keep allowing His love to transform you from the inside out. His grace is sufficient, His love is unending, and His arms are always open to welcome you back. Don't ever forget that, dear friends. God is for us, not against us. And in Him, we find the victory over sin and the peace that surpasses all understanding. Psalm 1 paints a picture of what it looks like to be deeply rooted in God. The psalmist says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. This is a portrait of someone whose life is firmly rooted in God's Word, who meditates on his law day and night. It doesn't mean they never sin or face temptation, but their lifestyle is one of consistent devotion to God regular meditation on His Word, and conscious effort to align their lives with His commandments. This rootedness results in spiritual fruitfulness, stability, and blessing. Just as a tree planted by the water is nourished and strengthened, so too are we when we root ourselves in God's Word. This is more than just a casual reading of the Scriptures, but an intentional, meditative, reflective practice. We soak in His Word, we let it influence our thoughts, our decisions, our actions. In doing so, we find our roots reaching deep into the soil of God's unchanging truth, making us stable and fruitful in our spiritual journey. Maintaining consistent prayer is another crucial part of staying rooted in God. Prayer is our direct line of communication with our Heavenly Father. It's a time to pour out our hearts, our fears, our doubts, our thanksgivings, and our requests. More than that, Prayer is also a time to listen, to quiet our hearts and minds before God, to let Him speak and guide us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16-18 to 18 encourages us, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice that it doesn't say to pray only when things are going well or when we feel like it. Instead, it encourages us to pray continually in every circumstance. Now let's talk about fellowship. As believers, we weren't meant to walk this journey alone. We are part of a community, the body of Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 to 25 advises us, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. There's strength, support, encouragement, and accountability in fellowship. It's part of God's design for us, a key element in staying rooted in Him. And lastly, cultivating a lifestyle that pleases God. This is about more than just avoiding sin. It's about actively seeking to live in a way that glorifies God. This might mean different things for different people, but at its core, it's about love. Loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 39. Now let's return to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the ultimate evidence of God's love and grace. Despite our sins, despite our failures, God offers us a gift, eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. We have all sinned and fall short of God's glory, but in His mercy, He offers us forgiveness and eternal life. This is the hope that we have, friends. No matter how far we may have strayed, no matter how deep our sin, God's love and grace are greater still. Let this truth encourage you today. You are loved, you are forgiven, and in Christ you have victory. Stay rooted in Him. Let His Word guide you, His Spirit empower you, and His love transform you. God bless you all. It's vital to remember that we are not condemned. It's a truth that's easy to forget when we're in the middle of wrestling with sin guilt, or shame, but it's a truth that's powerfully expressed in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 which says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What this means is that when we believe in Christ and trust in Him, we are freed from the guilt and the ultimate consequence of our sins, which is spiritual death, not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. This doesn't mean that we won't face the natural consequences of our actions here on earth or that we're free to sin without any regard for God's commands. On the contrary, it means that we have been given the opportunity, the grace, to turn away from our sins, to seek forgiveness, and to pursue a life that's rooted in Christ. So as we close today, I want you to remember this. You are loved by a God who is eager to forgive and restore, A God who wants nothing more than for you to pursue Him with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the beautiful thing is, we get to do this together. We get to encourage one another, lift each other up, and together seek the face of God. This is the essence of the God Chaser podcast. To inspire, encourage, and challenge each other in our pursuit of God. So let's keep chasing after Him. Let's keep seeking His face and let's keep encouraging each other to live out a lifestyle that glorifies Him. I'm Evan Evans, and I'm grateful that you joined me today on the God Chaser podcast. Remember, you are precious to God, you are forgiven, and with Him, you are victorious. Until our next time together, stay blessed, stay rooted, and keep pursuing Him. Thank you, and God bless. Seeking after God is not a one-time event, but a lifelong journey. So continue to press in, chase after his heart, and allow his love and grace to transform you from the inside out. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leaving us a review, or sharing it with a friend. would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Until next time, keep chasing after God, and may his peace and presence be good.